good to be back, y'all. Um, I'm sorry I don't get to see Abby sitting over there, but um, I know that this is a God-ordained time and moment. Um, my heart was just getting so full over there because um, besides the fact that um, that worship was really good, I appreciated you all ushering me into the presence of God. But also, um, just last year, um, I was here in May, right? Yeah. And I was really ill. But my determination is, regardless of how sick I may be, I'm going to serve God. And I wanted to fulfill that purpose. And um, a few weeks after that, I was admitted into the hospital only to find out that I was actually in kidney failure. Um, but as she was singing, How Great is Our God, it just reminded me of how awesome he is that I'm standing here before you today because they had said that they weren't even sure what was going to happen because my whole body had become toxic. But God, huh? By God. And so I, um, I've been uh, in this place this, these past four days. I'm not going to even tell you a lie. It's not a week. It's been about four days. I've been thinking about Hosea, but I didn't sit with him until a few days ago. So we're gonna, I'm going to be speaking to you from the book of Hosea. And my focus will be on the first chapter and the third chapter. And as I sat in this scripture, in these scriptures, I kept pondering as to what will I call this message? Where will I focus? And as I thought about Hosea, as I sat with Hosea, as I was in awe of Hosea, I thought about the constant thing that I just imagined that he would be saying as we go in to discover who he's involved with, which is Gomer. And all I can think about is, all I can imagine Hosea constantly having to say, and you'll find out why, is, have you seen her? Have you seen her? So, before I go deep into the story, let me introduce Hosea. Hosea is considered a minor prophet in the Bible, not minor in value, but minor because he's a part of 12 other prophets that they were able to take their writing and put it on one scroll. So then that's why they called it a minor prophet. But it doesn't diminish his value in the scriptures. You also have what we call the four major prophets, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Ezekiel. And it's only because they have much more lengthier books in the scriptures. But, in, but Hosea is a great prophet. The Bible says that, well, the, the studies say that one of the, he was one of the earliest writing prophets. But what he is known for is that he bears a cross for his countrymen. And it's all as a foundation of his ministry. Hosea was of Israel. And at this particular time, Israel was in great rebellion against God. 
They had come to a point where they had refused to obey God and rather obey the other gods. The Bible says that Israel was completely engrossed in worship of the Baals, and they continued to prostitute themselves to other gods. There was murder going on, idolatry, immorality, and they had become comfortable in their sin. They had gotten so comfortable into this, in their sin until they could not even hear God anymore. And they had completely broken their covenant with him. Through the guidance and direction of God, Hosea compassionately prophesies as he lives out this message in his own life. So before we go into this story, would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. You are an amazing God. You are the God that will find us wherever we are and return us back to yourself. Father, as we go in to speak of one of your great prophets, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come now. We welcome you in this place. Enlighten us. Open our hearts to receive. God, open our ears to hear your voice. Come now, Holy Spirit, I ask. Because, see, you are there. And we just ask that you would unfold this truth to us. God, I yield myself to you. I am at your feet. And I'm here to hear you, God. God, let me put myself aside so that your will may be done. I bless you and I honor you for all that you are and all that you've been to all of us. We bless you in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so in the first chapter, Hosea starts out in verse 2 stating, When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. I love this part when it says, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, signifying that God was right there with him. But not only was God there with him, God was going to speak through him. But God says to him, Go take yourself a wife. In other words, go take your wife who's a prostitute. Now, what I need you to understand is that Hosea is a prophet. And in those days, the prophet was held very high. They were revered because they were seen as the human voice of God. So can you imagine God saying to Hosea, I need you to go and marry a prostitute. This is so out of the norm for a prophet. Can you imagine how Hosea now has to go to this woman who everybody knows to be a prostitute and say, will you be my wife? Can you just think for a moment what that may have looked like to everybody else? This is a prophet. He's going to this woman who prostitutes herself all over the place. We know her. And not only that, but God also tells him, 
Not only are you going to marry this prostitute, but she's going to give you children that may not be yours. And what blows my mind is verse 3 where it says, So Hosea married Gomer. You don't see Hosea saying, but God, are you sure about this? Do you know who I am, God? And you want me to go and do what? You don't see that anywhere. Because Hosea loved God. So my first point to you is that, see, Hosea was willing to see God's will above his own. Seeing God's will above my own. This undoubtedly may have tainted Hosea's reputation. But what mattered most to him was God. God, his love for God. And so because of that, he was willing to obey God no matter what. A man willing to marry a harlot, a prostitute, knowing although she was going to marry him, that there was a probability that she was going to continue in that behavior. He knew this. There is no doubt in his mind because the scripture clearly stated that she would bear children of prostitution. Prostitution in that day often symbolized idolatry and unfaithfulness. Can you just think for a moment? Hosea's heart constantly. See, sometimes we forget that these are real people experiencing real moments. And here's a man who may come home and his wife is not there. And he has to deal with this disappointment time and time again. Can you even imagine this? That as she gives birth, this man is wondering, is this really mine? But yet he stays committed to her. Even when others were talking about him and probably scrutinizing him and maybe mocking him, thinking, how stupid is he? Why is he still with her? Can't he see who she is? But even there, it was his determination to see God's will above his own. We see this as a foreshadow of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we, the church, we, the sinner, Jesus knew all about us. But instead of coming to condemn us and criticize us, he came to give himself for us. See, the scripture says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is synonymous with Hosea having the reputation that he had, but yet he thought it nothing when it came down to fulfilling the will of God. Can I ask you, have you seen her? Have you seen 
this person, maybe the coworker, that coworker that gets on your last nerve. Have you seen her? But yet God's will is that you would render goodness to her. Have you seen her? That person that continues to complain about the church. The one that you're willing, you, you, you ready to say to her or him, why don't you just leave? Why are you here? Have you seen her? But yet God says to you, no, you continue to just be there. Be that ear and listen, listen, listen to what they're saying. And then listen for me so I can speak into their hearts. Have you seen her? Maybe, maybe you've seen her right there in your home. The one that ridicules you and just puts you down all the time. That one that you're not even sure do they really love you or not. And you just want to check out, but God says, no, stay in. Don't give up on them. Stay in there. See, you got to remember that Jesus was willing to do that. Do you realize that from the very beginning of the disciples with Jesus, that Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him? But he didn't put him out. He stayed with him. Judas got everything that all the other disciples got. Jesus never refused to give him love. Instead, he gave it to him. Because it wasn't about his own will, but the will of the Father. See, he who knew no sin, he became sin so that we could become righteous. We can even see that Jesus was so about the will of the Father that we see him in his Gethsemane moment. When Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. But yet he ends it with this. Yet I want your will to be done. Not my will, but your will be done. You see, Hosea was that symbol of what was to come. But then, but then let's go a little further because I'm not focusing a lot on, on the chapter 2, but I just want to give you a brief summary of what's going on. Because now we see in chapter 1 that God has given Hosea this command, but then we see the prophecy of what's going to happen to Israel in chapter 2. God begins to show the things that Israel is doing and what his response will be. See, we must understand that there is still a judgment when there is sin. Just as we saw on the cross, the judgment came up upon Jesus Christ. God still has to bring judgment because he is holy. And because he is holy, his judgment must come. But do you understand that even in God's judgment, there is love? The prophecies demonstrated how far Israel had come away from God that they had committed spiritual adultery. They were not grateful to God anymore, but instead they were willing to bow before the other gods. The Bible even says that they would bow before Baal for rain and fertility. And so in, in showing us in chapter 2 the posture and behaviors of Israel, we are also to understand that these are the same behaviors of Gomer. 
Gomer has not stopped in her prostitution of going out at night and in the day looking for love in all the wrong places. She had not recognized that Hosea loved her with all that he had. Instead, she returned to the familiar behaviors. And God is saying, this is what Israel was doing. They had become very comfortable in their sin, and they did not recognize the love of God. They did not recognize the long-suffering of God. And so they continued to abide in their sin. So God said, I'm going to bring a judgment. And we see that he already says what the judgment and how it's going to look in chapter 1. Because see, as, as Gomer gives birth, God gives the names to the children. And they're all prophetic as to what's going to happen. The first child that she has is a boy, and his name is Jezreel. God says, name him Jezreel. For I am about to punish King Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed at Jezreel. See, Israel is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern. Now, you do understand that the lineage of David came through Judah. Israel had the hardest time remaining faithful to God. And so God says, I have to respond to this sin. So name the first one Jezreel, because I'm going to come back and I'm going to correct some things, some, some deaths that was committed, some murder that was committed. i got to take care of that. And then Gomer has another child. And God says, name your daughter. It's a daughter now. Name her Loruhama. And that means not loved. For I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them. That's a horrible place to be, isn't it? When God, the creator of all, he says, I'm just not. I won't love her anymore. Then she has a second son, which is a third child. And the Lord said, name him Loami, not my people. God was literally saying, I don't even know who you are. You're not my people. I don't even recognize you. And so we see in chapter 2 that these things are identified. God begins to say why. But then God comes back and he says that she will return to her husband. So God's saying, even in this place of sin, even when I remove my hands from her for a while, I will come back. And at the very end of the first chapter, it says, God comes back, he says, what a day that will be. The day of Jezreel when God will again plant his people in his land. In that day, you will call your brother, not Lo-Ami, but Ami, my people. And you will call your sisters, not Lo-Ruhamah, but Ruhama, the one I love. So God's saying, my judgment must come, but my love is still there. And I'm going to restore Israel. But it's not going to just be Israel. I'm going to bring a unification back with Israel and Judah. But first, my judgment must come. So I love how in chapter 2, we're given an, a, a a whole summary of what's getting ready to happen. God gives us a peek into what's getting ready to happen with Israel. 
the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing that we have all come to know is that even in God's judgment, he has a way out for us, doesn't he? He always creates a way out. And so we have that hope as we read chapter 2. But then we're going to go over to 3. Because then we see God giving Hosea more instruction. We see that God's way is not our way. And Hosea is going to recognize that he must see God's ways above his own. That's my point number two. Seeing God's way above our own. The, the verse says, the Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I said in this, and I, I looked at that, go show your love to your wife again. Knowing that she's out there, she's married to you, and she's no longer now just a prostitute, but she's an adulteress. Do you understand that in that day, when you committed adultery, the response to that was death. But God didn't tell him to go and stone her to death. He said, go love her again. Hosea had to see God's way above his own. See, the law said she deserves death. But God said she deserves love. Can you see how different that is? How that even goes against the humanity side of all of us. When you can find someone that you've given all your love to, and they go and they squander it, and they walk all over it as though it doesn't matter. But God instructs you to go love her again. I can't even imagine what... What love for God that took from Hosea to go and find his wife and then show her love again. Could you just imagine with me for a minute this man having to go through the town looking for his wife? Has anybody seen her? Have you seen her? Knowing that they're saying, what is he looking for her for? We all know she's committing adultery. We actually have. We can, we can go and stone her. Why is he looking for her? And him, putting all of himself aside, putting that all aside. I'm a prophet. I shouldn't have to go through this. But instead, I love her with the love of God. Anybody seen her? Have you seen her? Do you know where she is? Because I got to love her again. I got to give her what she doesn't deserve. I got to give her what she could never earn. I got to give her love. Have you seen her? Let me ask you. Have you seen her? Have you seen that one who continues to go back to those places 
those places that are not good for her or him? Have you seen her? But God said to you to go and find them. Go find them. Love them. Love them again. We're the church. We are the her. We are his bride. Have you seen her? See, when he came and found us, it wasn't just for us. But it was for us then to take that same love and go find her. Go find that young woman who doesn't know how to trust love anymore. Go find that young man who never had a father in his life. So he doesn't even know how to respond to God. Go find the ones who are lost. See, Jesus said, don't get it twisted. I didn't come to the ones who are healthy. I came to seek out those who are sick and lost. God said to Hosea, go find her and love her again. Many people don't trust love anymore. Because love was so tainted for them. Have you seen her? Have you heard God say, even though everybody might be walking past her, would you go and love on her? Have you seen her because she might be right there on your job? And because everybody else has said, don't speak to her, she's crazy. And you walk past her, but have you seen her? And has God spoken to you and said, love on her. Love on her. She needs to know my love. See, Jesus, the scripture says, Jesus gave his life for our sins. Just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Have you seen her? God has God spoken to you in the fact that it, in that love her again? Has God spoken to you and said, you need to forgive. Forgive that person. They don't deserve it. They can't earn this. But forgive them and love them again. You've seen her. You've seen that one who you know has been talking about you and saying all types of manner of evil against you. But yet God says, go find them and love them again. You know, as I was sitting in this scripture, I heard God say to me, why do you put so much emphasis on what people are saying about you, how people talk about you. When they say things that you know are not true, why do you put so much emphasis on that in how you're living out your life? Where I just say to you to love them and love them again and love them again. You can't stop them from talking, but you can love them again. You can be me in their lives. And so I'm just in that place of 
oh my God, it is true that your thoughts are not our thoughts. And your ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are your ways higher than our ways and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. God, let me see your ways above my own. And then my third point, seeing God's purpose above my own. Hosea says, so I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. See, what I need you to understand is that he found her. But he found her as a slave. In other words, it would be almost very synonymous with human trafficking. She had gone so low. She didn't know her own worth until she had literally become a slave. A slave to sex. Just distributing herself out to anyone. But yet... Hosea finds her in this place. Now, he could have very well gone and saw her there and said, you're not worthy. You decided to be here, so I'm just going to let you be here. Instead, he was willing. He said, I bought her back. He had to buy his wife back. Fifteen pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. In my studies, it said the 15 pieces of silver was what was paid for a slave. And he was willing to pay. Then I said to her, you must live in my house for many days and stop your prostitution. During this time, you will not have intimate relationships with anyone. And this is gonna be a little different from what I have there because I went in and pulled this scripture out. I like this one a little better, so just listen. He says, during this time, you will not have intimate relations, relations with anyone, not even with me. This shows that Israel will go a long time without a king or prince, and without sacrifices, sacred pillars, priests, or even idols. In other words, God is saying, in you doing this, it is representing what's going to happen with Israel. In other words, I'm going to really strip them of everything. And I have to. But then he says, but afterward the people will return and devote themselves to the Lord their God and to David's descendant, their king. In the last days, they will tremble in awe of the Lord and of his goodness. So God says, in order for me to get you to this place of what I've already, already purposed for you, i got to do some things. i got to remove those things that are familiar to you. And Hosea says this to his wife, look, I gotta, I, you're going to have to stop now. No more of this. i got to strip you down from what you've been doing. You're going to dwell in my place, but some change has to come. Some things are going to have to stop. He said, you know what? 
I'm not only going to take this away from you, I'm going to refrain myself. I'm going to restrain myself from even participating so God can do what God needs to do. He says that God's purpose must be done. And that is what God was saying to Israel. This has to happen. I got to remove the priest. I got to remove these altars. I got to remove these things because you've taken them and you have distorted them from what I had purposed for them to be. So now in order for my purpose to be done, I've got to remove this so you have it no more. So when I bring it back, you'll have the reverence and the honor and the respect of my holiness. So you see, it was God's purpose that mattered more to Hosea. He loved his wife so much that he said, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to even sacrifice myself so that you can begin to walk in the fullest potential and purpose that God has ordained for you. Who do we see that did this very same act? It was Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you have sinned so much till you don't even realize that you're sinning. But see, I'm going to have to go to that cross and I'm going to have to bear this for you so that it can be removed off of you. I'm going to have to sacrifice my life so that when I become sin, you can become righteous. This is what Jesus did. The scripture says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace. Can y'all say that? It is by what? Grace. grace. You have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. It was expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You see, our God, our God knew what we were doing. And we know that God clearly said he has nothing to do with sin. But yet, he came after us. He came after us. While we were in the lowest of lows, he came after us. I can just imagine our God. He didn't have to ask, have you seen her? Because he sees all things at all times. So he saw us in those places where we were looking for love in all the wrong places. And he was right there saying, will you just come? I'm willing to pay the price. He was seeing us when everybody else was walking away from us. They were picking at us. They didn't understand us. But our God said, I'm right here. I understand you. And I'm willing to pay the price for you. In those places, in those dark places that nobody else knows about, when we felt worthless, and we thought nobody knew, but God said, I'm right here. I've already paid the price for you. 
No, it was nothing that we could ever earn. It was nothing that we deserved. But it was his, what we call now in that song, his reckless love. That he'll do whatever he has to, to find us. Because he's saying to us, come and let me love you the way you need to be loved. Come and let me show you your value and your worth. That's what Hosea did for Gomer. He went and he found her. He paid for her. He paid the price. But Jesus paid the greatest price when he laid down his life. Have you seen her? Have you seen that Gomer who doesn't know how to trust even God anymore? Have you seen that Gomer who has walked away from God? Have you seen that Gomer that you recognized and realized, I haven't seen her in church for a while. But are you willing to make that call? Are you willing to reach out to her? Have you seen that Gomer who sells herself short, doesn't know her value? Have you been in those conversations with that Gomer? where you recognize she really doesn't know how great she really is or how great he really is? Have you seen that Gomer who's going after worldly pleasures rather than the things of God? Have you seen that Gomer who has, she's experienced or he has experienced so much loss until they have become lost? Maybe, maybe as I speak to you today, maybe this Gomer that we talked about has actually mirrored you. Are you that Gomer? Do you recognize and realize that you still struggle with your worth, with your potential, with your purpose? Are you that Gomer? Do you realize that, God, I'm still struggling a little? Sometimes I don't really know if you love me or not. God, I'm still struggling in this place because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to really embrace love again. Are you that Gomer? A depiction of God's great love and grace. And aren't you so glad that we were found? The, 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 the song says, Amazing Grace. And in that song, it says, I was once lost, but now I'm found. But it's not just for us, y'all. See, I want to end it with this. Have you seen her? I want to change this and turn this around of God saying, have you seen her? Have you seen my church? My church, the place where people can come and find refuge. Have you seen my church, the place where people who have, heard, have lost hope and love, they can come and find love? Have you seen my church, that place, the people 
who extend grace to those who don't deserve it. Have you seen my church, my people, who will go to the unloved and give them love, the lost, and help them find their way to me? Have you seen her? We are that church. We have a commission by God. He says, go into the vineyards. Isn't that something? Our name is Vineyard. Go into the vineyards and work. They're out there. Will you come out from your walls and go and find her, him, that one who doesn't know me yet? but they will through you. And are you willing to do it when others don't even understand why you're doing it? But you will go after my will instead of your own. You will do it my way instead of your own because you understand there's a bigger picture here. They're part of a bigger picture because you understand I have a greater purpose. That was, is way above your own. Have you seen her? Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your divine word. And God, can I just take out the time to thank all of those that are here? God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit will stir up something within them to understand, oh God, that the time is at hand, but there are still many who are lost. God, would you stir up a fire within to go out, to love on those who need love, to give hope to those who feel hopeless. God, to speak peace to those who are in turmoil. Stir it up within us, oh God, that we will be your church. We will be your people that say, come and, and see this man. Come and experience a love that is beyond the love that you've had before. Yes, God. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. And I also pray for those of us who are here and realize God, there's still some things inside that I need you to heal. There's still some things inside that are broken. God, will you come? I'm ready. I'm ready for you to heal me there. So then I can go and see her. God, do something in me so that I can do something for others. And that I'm willing to share what you've done in my life with others. Putting aside my reputation. Putting aside what I may think that others will say. So that they can come to know your love and your redeeming power. Yes, God.